everyone, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. Uh, my name is Sam Chung, and today we will be diving into The Crown Season 6, Episode 4, The Aftermath. And uh, yeah, there's a lot to dive into today, so let's just dive right in. First, is it a man? Is it a ghost? Is it an embodiment of my guilt? It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, are you even real? Wait, an embodiment of your guilt? Like, what would you be guilty about? I don't know, but that seems to be why people reappear and you can talk to them. No, this is the more interesting question now, Sam. What do you have to be guilty about? <laughs> Not sending you my flight information. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I finally get to turn the tables on you. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, also back with us today, a woman who has all of her poems engraved in silver plates. I know we're a week late, but it came back up in this episode. Carlin, if you were to engrave a poem of your own creation onto a silver plate, what two words would you try to rhyme? And you can't say motion Wait, and ocean. I have to write the poem? Yeah, that was how it worked. Oh. Oh, can I actually take this one? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, M&M's wisdom and say that you can rhyme orange with door hinge. Oh, I was thinking that too. That's such a bad rhyme, but okay, M&M. What's the poem? Wait, what is this poem about? It's not a poem. It's just like in an interview one time, he was he went on a rant about how like, I'm so sick of people saying you can't rhyme anything with orange. There's so many things you can rhyme with orange. And then he starts going on uh, on this, you know, going off on this non sequitur, just like finding a bunch of phrases that vaguely rhyme with orange and door hinge is the the, the most pronounced one. Yes, but in yeah. your poem that's rhyming orange and door hinge, what, <laughs> like, what is your poem about? <laughs> oranges okay <laughs> and 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 the means to get them into your house through the door by way of the door hinge yeah the that's what opens the door anyway anyway <laughs> so if you're if you're new to the podcast uh, and you came here for any sort of factual clarity you've come to definitely the wrong place because we don't know and i think in this episode we took a bit of a supernatural turn so i don't think the crown knows either uh, so I mean, I mean, we're, we're fast departing from, from reality in, uh, a way that we've been really grounded in past episodes. So we're just along for the ride at this point and we're just here to learn. So with that, Ivan, can you give us a quick recap of what we saw in the aftermath? Uh, yes. Okay. Here we go. Um, so you'll recall, uh, Peter Morgan's film, The Queen. You might remember that it depicted the aftermath of uh, Diana's uh, death. And if you're hazy on some of the details of this film, just know that so is Peter Morgan himself, because he <laughs> took that story and went a very different direction with it uh, in this retelling. So uh, much like the film, uh, you know, it begins on the night of uh, Diana's accident with uh, the staff and eventually uh, royals at Balmoral learning of her death. Uh, you know, they are extremely grief stricken and, uh, you know, very much dreading the, the maelstrom that is to come. And, uh, you know, Charles uh, takes it upon himself to go to Paris to retrieve uh, uh, Diana's body and bring it back home. During his uh, return flight home, he has a bit of a surreal interaction with Diana. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now, as I'm sure we'll discuss it at length soon. Uh, and then in the meantime, uh, you know, the, the Fayed uh, family is also uh, uh, 
grieving. Uh, you know, Mohammed is also, uh, you know, just kind of grief stricken over the death of his son and, you know, planning all the arrangements uh, for Dodi's funeral. In the wake of that, he also has a bit of a surreal experience where he speaks with Dodi, which we will discuss later. And he himself, uh, Muhammad, also takes all of uh, Diana's possessions and uh, takes them, uh, has them sent back to the royal family, uh, although they do not respond or engage with him in any kind of meaningful way, much to his chagrin. And uh, also in the meantime, uh, William, uh, who has found out about his mother's passing and is in mourning, uh, disappears for uh, uh, going up to 14 hours uh, while they're all at Balmoral and then eventually uh, returns. Uh, and in the, in the midst of all this, we also have some version of the kind of main plot of the queen uh that is the the film the queen playing out in which uh elizabeth uh is initially uh reluctant to have uh diana's uh death and funeral be recognized as a matter of the state and for her to have any uh public commentary about it which she eventually relents uh on and does end up uh, going to London for the funeral and conducting a speech where she eulogizes Diana and this, and talks about what it means for uh, you know the greater nation and the royal family as a whole. Uh, but in this version of events, we don't see much of uh, Tony Blair and the the large role that he played in that endeavor to change Elizabeth's mind. Instead, uh, Charles takes a bit more of a leading role in in, in having her uh, change her perspective a little bit. And the episode ultimately ends, uh, you know, with uh, Diana's extremely uh, widely attended funeral in London and uh, Elizabeth delivering uh, her address uh, at that event. So, yeah, that is episode four, Aftermath. Thanks, Ivan. I think we, I did this two episodes ago when Mario Brenna spoke to me. But The Crown, why? Why are we doing <laughs> Why are we doing this? I, I, like, like you said, Ivan, we can get into all of that a little bit more. I think. What struck me most is something that we talked about when we recapped the Queen a couple months ago, and we speculated on what would be different uh, between the movie The Queen and the episode that would inevitably cover the same events. And after having watched both versions, I think you could theoretically watch The Queen instead of watching this episode, even though that they you know, came at this situation from sort of different angles. I feel like if you're looking for more on Queen Elizabeth specifically, you can watch the Queen and you wouldn't miss a beat. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> Considering this is supposed to be a show about Elizabeth. I feel like this episode felt like someone was like, please make Charles look good and put him in as much as possible. And that's what they did. And then William, I that's the one thing I thought was interesting that I almost wish... It would have been interesting. I don't think they would have ever done it to like done, have done this episode from the kids' perspective as opposed to if you're not going to do the queen to do them. I don't know. Because the one thing that was kind of harrowing and like the most emotional was like whatever was happening with William that wasn't really threaded all the way through. It just kind of showed up halfway. Yeah. This is a weird episode. I, I, I agree. It's like, yeah, he. this was Peter Morgan's opportunity to kind of approach these events from a different angle. And what we ended up getting was a, some of the same, 
but mm-hmm. arguably like a less compelling version of it. And then, uh, you know, a lot of Muhammad as well, because, you know, the, the, the Fayed family obviously takes a bit more of a center stage in the season. And they were, I think, almost entirely absent from the queen. So, yeah, this is kind of what we're left with. I, I mean, it, it makes sense that you would kind of wrap up Muhammad's story uh, since he's been so prominent in this season. But when you look at it through the lens of, you know, having already seen this this very well-crafted film on these events, th- this feels like a watered-down version of it where we're getting it from less interesting angles. Yeah, yeah. and not only that, it's definitely lacking in... You know, I feel like some of the emotional story arcs that we saw in the Queen, obviously, like the Queen, right, is this whole kind of like emotional journey of Queen Elizabeth coming to terms with what happened and actually grieving. Whereas in some points in this episode, it kind of just felt like we were getting plot beats, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. getting any of the emotion behind it. Like, obviously, you know, Charles is upset. He's he's outside and he's going on a walk and yelling at the sky you know, but we never see like Queen Elizabeth, I don't think, cry at any point. Mm-hmm. We get Philip again being a caricature of himself, absolutely looking as bad as he possibly can. So this is either an episode by a Charles apologist or just a Philip person who wants violence. I mean, it could be both. <laughs> Aren't most Charles apologists also anti Philip? Yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I felt like the, and granted, you know, the Queen has twice as long of a runtime to work with so obviously it makes sense that it can go into a bit more depth on 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 that aspect but i i did feel at some points like we were just kind of going through the motions here i don't know if you if you mm-hmm. felt the same yeah yeah it it definitely felt like it definitely felt like they needed to get this episode over with uh so they could wrap up this first leg of the season and then take a mm-hmm. break and come back with uh you know the rest of the 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 grander story of the crown that they want to tell uh and the rest of that story i assume will contain little to know of anything diana related since we're going to be looking at a bit of a time jump here yeah i i i i think this is this is unfortunately yeah the side effect of having featured the the fayed family so prominently is that you need to take a, a 60 minute runtime that's all about the aftermath of diana's death and and dedicate roughly a quarter or or so of it to uh you know muhammad which is fair like i am not i'm not you know arguing against the decision to do that but it leaves you again like 45 minutes then to cover all of the events that were covered in the queen uh, and try to do a fresh take on it. And I mean, it was an impossible assignment, I think, out the gate. Uh, and, and, and you know, even cutting, almost entirely cutting Tony Blair out of it uh, was necessary, but it, it kind of leaves it with a bit of a shaggy, disjointed leftover. Yeah, for sure. Right off the bat, we kind of pick up where the previous episode left off, and we get kind of a series of of people learning about the events that happen. But I think whenever there's kind of like a, I don't know, someone who needs to break the news or tell the news, either the sound cuts out or uh, (laughs) either the sound cuts out or it's like you need to be like Charles going to William and saying you need to be very brave. But we never actually get the conversations, which I feel like I feel like that's the moment where like if you're looking for your hashtag, you know, Emmy submission 
I feel like you you left out the the opportunities for these actors to really kind of tap into that. Yeah, this this pissed me off. Because I, yeah, it was every time, like, they were leading up, like, they kind of had, like, a really nice intro into, like, Charles coming into the room, and you're like, okay, I'm going to see children be very sad. And then they didn't show it. They didn't show it. The way they depicted grief in this episode was so bizarrely, like, it felt almost distanced and, like, kind of puppeteered, where you want, they went for the really huge, like, over displays of emotion of like Charles screaming into the wind and then like screaming when he like saw the body like of these like you know like wailing grief but then you never I feel like they never really which like I guess could be true but I think that especially in these kind of shows and when you're like depicting kind of like real life events like there is usually like a subtlety to the grief that like we never really got because again they cut out all these major moments and just had us fill in the blanks which just felt like cheating. Yeah, and and, and on one hand, I, yeah, I agree. It, it kind of feels like a cop out to just sort of hint at all of this grief, and but then only show like little snippets of it that are truncated or or nothing at all in the case of the children. But again, you have forty five minutes to tell the story. Like, yeah, I, again, I I think it was like just an impossible assignment. Like I. Yeah, I, I mean, if anything, like, this could have and maybe should have been a two-parter. Yeah. I mean, I would even argue that he, they probably didn't even have to depict... The, I mean, again, this is the crown, but it's like, they should have just picked Elaine. Like, is this going to be about, like, the family's grief? Is it going to be about Elizabeth's political situation? Like, it, there's all... You're right. Like, it's all these things that really needed their own time, and they didn't have it. Yeah, I, I agree. Or Or pick Elaine with a character, like... It was so weird that there's such a big thing. Like, William is missing. And then it literally just cuts to him, like, walking through a field. Like, Yeah, what was he doing? What was he doing for 14 hours? <laughs> like, we they never, never told his us. perspective. Like, there's so many things that it feels like this. I, I, I feel like, Ivan, you asked the question, like, what was left on the cutting room floor a lot? Like, I am. there has to be so much that <laughs> is just in the edit bay. Like, do you think William came across a stag? Yeah, I... Was he just walking out in the rain, like cold? Is that what he was doing? Did his headphones well, it's, break? It's end of August, right? And and like I feel like they oh, they know. made it seem like it was really cold at Balmoral, it, like. But I mean, even for Scotland, it it couldn't have been that frigid, right? It's just the skies cried for Diana. I don't know. It uh, that frustrated me quite a, quite a lot as well. And yeah, I. I uh, I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> Shall we talk about the ghosts? Let's okay, yeah, we've ghosts. put it off long enough. Let's let's talk about the ghosts. Uh, Ivan, thoughts on the ghosts? Well, first of all, in fairness, they're not really ghosts. Uh, like I, that, this is one thing that had been spoiled for me. Like in some of the the reviews and coverage of the season, I'd seen headlines hinting that there was a, a tasteless inclusion of a Diana ghost, which you know did not give me much to look forward to. I didn't like these scenes. I don't think they were quite as egregious as as some of these reviews and some of this press made them out to be because all it really was was just kind of, you know, in, in it, first it was uh you know, Charles talking to Diana, then it was Muhammad talking to Dodie, and then it was Elizabeth talking to Diana. All this was is just these characters sort of like, you know, manifesting their internal dialogues into some, you know, cockamamie visual way uh that 
I think we as the audience were supposed to connect with, but instead it was just kind of alienating. I, I don't think it was super tasteless. I just thought it was lazy storytelling. Yeah, it was very hokey. And did anyone notice that like Ghost Diana had her makeup running while she was crying? And I'm like, excuse me, Charles, why are you <laughs> why are you imagining her looking like such a mess? Ghosts don't do that. I was not a fan of this. I definitely thought that um I I agree with you, Ivan, that it was it was kind of lazy storytelling. Like and also I just it just frustrated me that like these characters would have like one conversation with like the dead version of Diana or Dodie and then feel like, oh well, actually I've I've come to terms with this now and we're in a good place. Like it's so frustrating that like you can watch literally seasons of these characters butting heads and just I don't know, alienating each other and I don't know, not getting along. And then we're supposed to believe that, oh, just one conversation with the ghost is going to wrap everything up in a bow. It was like... It what? sounds so ridiculous when you say it. <laughs> no, it, it really is just so bad. And it's like there's so many ways to express a character's internal anguish. And that wasn't it. It was also very weird that they picked Elizabeth to do it because like... I don't know. I feel like they've had many seasons to perfect how to like show Elizabeth's internal world and they haven't needed a ghost before. Why are they doing it now? Like like there's never been a ghost birdie. No, there has not. <laughs> you can't just throw this in in the last season. I've been similar to you. I had also been spoiled that this was going to happen, but what I didn't realize was that we would get Diana twice. Like I thought that at the I thought that the Charles one was it and then she came back yeah. and I was like, why? I know. <laughs> I, I had assumed that like Ghost Diana would appear in the final scene at her own funeral as like Charles looks into the the middle like distance. Like nope. <laughs> no. She talks. Yeah, oh she has God. full conversations. Wait, when did that happen? So the first one was Charles on the plane. Mm -hmm. Charles on the plane, and then yes. Muhammad in his office with Dodie, and then uh, you know Elizabeth. I think I think was it at Buckingham or still back at Balmoral? Oh, I don't know the difference between all the interior. Decor. I think it was still at Balmoral. Well, but before she agreed to, yeah. to okay, oh, yeah, 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 and 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 so the another thing on that though, it's like by the time uh, we get to uh, you know suddenly that scene where they're on a conference uh, call with Downing Street and they're planning the the funeral, it was kind of like that gave me a bit of whiplash. I was like, oh, okay, it's resolved. Like this is like this took you know over ninety minutes to play out in in the film The Queen, but here it was so anticlimactic the way. Uh, you know, Elizabeth uh, agreed because because in this version, a ghost convinced her to do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Th that yeah. was secretly what also happened in the other one. We just didn't see the scene. So this was the result of the ghost conversations. So basically on the plane, Charles, again, is like, Diana, everyone loved you more than me. And then it's basically like, I'll have regret forever. Like, obviously, you'll have regret forever. I don't know that you saying it enhances our understanding of the fact that you will have regret for the way that you handled the past 20, 30 years of your life. Like, <laughs> yes, we realized that you will have regret. I don't think that that necessarily added anything. Then we get Dodie reappearing for uh, Mohammed. So Mumu is concerned that, you know, all the coverage is just of Diana. No one mentions Dodie anywhere. Mohammed is able to ask if he had unfair expectations of Dodie. And Dodie is like, obviously you did. And Mumu is like, can you forgive me? And Dodie... This was weird. Dodie is like, actually, forgive me for failing you. 
<laughs> yeah, what, what, what was that? that that's, was like that's a, Muhammad being like, this is what I want my son to do if he was a ghost. Yeah, that was terrible. That, that was like Muhammad sort of absolving himself, not by coming to peace with like what he had done, but being kind of let off by a ghost of his son that was just like, nah, you're good. You didn't do anything wrong. I, I, I'm the fuck up. This is just two very clear psychological portraits of how much Charles hates himself and how much Muhammad loves himself. And then finally, Ghost Diana appears in front of Queen Elizabeth. And Queen Elizabeth says, I hope you're happy now. <laughs> like, she's dead. <laughs> Look what you started. How dare you die in an accident that you didn't cause? And Diana's just there to be like, oh, well, you know, you need to show people uh, that uh, you're ready to learn and give them what they what they feel and or accept what they feel and give them what they need. It's so weird because she's done this like 20 times already. Like, I guess a real life person can make the same mistake over and over again. But it doesn't feel like a culmination in the way that I feel like if this had been told more like deftly, it probably could have actually been a really powerful thing. But again, I, I feel like this has happened a lot. And I feel like someone even says that. Doesn't Charles say that? Yeah, I think he does. Um, so those were our three ghost scenes. I mean, are there positives to any of them? Are there any ghosts? Any, do any of these ghost scenes do anything for you? You know positives not really um god if anything you know i had mentioned uh when we discussed the last episode that one of the positives was i really enjoyed elizabeth debicki's you know performance uh, as diana this season and assuming that this is now her final appearance it kind of it left a bad taste in my mouth do we think that this is in fact her last appearance uh um, i mean because i think they might know, show a photograph of her i think some i think if they if these had been released weekly i think some might have assumed that the previous episode would have been the last appearance yeah you never know i mean yeah there could be flashbacks uh but yeah assuming the you know season 6b ends up largely set years after this time period I was going to say, like, I don't see a reason why they would come back to this. But but in honesty, like, I hope they don't come back to this. Like, I am ready to be done with this chapter um, because of, you know, reasons we discussed in the previous episode of how dragged out this has been, how much it is now kind of like ending on a whimper, just overall disappointment in kind of the last, you know, season and a half of the show. And I'm holding out hope that, you know, these last kind of Diana, these last six Diana free episodes can kind of go in a, a fresh and bold new direction that ends the series on a dignified note. I did think it was interesting. So we got a couple parallels that were the same in both um, the Queen and in this episode of The Crown. Uh, I think first, right off the bat, there was the conversation about using the royal plane to bring back Diana's body from Paris, which makes me think that if it appears in both places, it must have happened. But then I remembered Peter Morgan is in charge of both of these things. So, oh my God. <laughs> well, I think it was a slightly different um, uh, issue in The Queen. I think the, the problem there uh, was around Charles getting to Paris because Elizabeth was reluctant to allow him to use like the royal jet to travel. And, 
you know, he he was kind of lording it over her that like, oh, so you want me to, you know, get on the phone with a travel agent in New York City right now and find mm-hmm. a couple of like indirect flights to Paris. And, and then she finally relented. Whereas here, I think the crux of the tension was around the, the transport of the, the body. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there was that. Uh, there was also. In this episode of The Crown, there was the scene where Queen Elizabeth is like, we're still going to go to church tomorrow, but everything will be the same. Don't even mention it. And I felt like I had seen that before in The Queen, but now I'm second guessing myself. I mean, I think The Queen had a lot of like, hey, let's keep our heads down and just keep doing our normal routine. Like we're in Balmoral for the summer. We're not going to go back to London early for, for a funeral. Let's just pretend it's business as usual. And then, of course, there was Philip's reaction to the entire thing i think in this episode yeah i wrote phil calls diana an amputation <laughs> literally like the day after she died but it was also like he was like charles it's we wanted to keep her in the family it's your fault that she's like they were treating her like this like which do you feel philip well and, and not to mention that philip was i think the most vocal proponent of, of charles marrying diana yeah what's wrong with it really is the anti-Philip person was like, it's my time. I get to write this episode. I'm going to make it so unappealing toward Philip. The one scene that I actually did like, and I didn't find it to be too soapy, although you two may disagree, is uh, when Charles is arguing with his parents in the room and William is like listening outside and Charles says that they can't be a private family when they want to be in a public one when they when it suits them because i feel like this at the crux is like something that hasn't necessarily been vocalized but has come up multiple times in every season of the crown that we've mm-hmm. seen and it's true now was this the inciting incident of william running away for 14 hours yes but overall i did i did like that we saw that scene and i thought that that was a good like a good interaction i guess between between charles and his parents I mean, I thought it was a really good scene. I thought we were missing some connective tissue of like Williams. Like we see his external reaction. It's this really funny, like mm-hmm. teen angst, like pull on <laughs> headphones and walk away. I, I, I was but, that was I was going to comment about the headphones specifically, just being like very ridiculous and heavy handed. Yeah, so that was not. I feel like they could have redeemed that moment by actually like getting Williams' actual take on that. Because I feel like that's the one thing. I mean, we assume it's bad, but like what part of that did he not like that led to the running away? I thought that maybe he did that, but it could have been really, I really did like that scene though. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Like uh, hearing you say that actually made me tap into something. And, and I, okay. So if you're going to remake the queen and you're not going to focus on Tony Blair and the relationship between him and Elizabeth, I think the way to have done this episode is to have it be set entirely at Balmoral and have it be entirely centered around like this particular uh, beat of the story. Like, you know, the the tension between Charles and uh, Elizabeth and then, uh, you know, the disconnect between Charles and William in, in their moment of mourning. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like that, that, that's how, that's how they should have done it. Like I, I, I said twice now in, in this episode that like, yeah, how do you, you know, tell a story over these 45 to 60 minutes? That's what they should have done. That's what I would have loved to watch. Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of leading into like one of the most sort of iconic moments, I think from that funeral was seeing William and Harry walk. So it could have been really easy to like have all this be like the meat of that 
emotional moment at the very end, which they do a good job of when they do connect it to like something that's really well known in history. They didn't do that. They, they didn't do that. What do we think William was listening to? <laughs> oh, I was one, I was wondering that. Uh, 97, I, I would have said that he was listening to uh, Oasis's What's the Story, Morning Glory. I buy that. Interesting. Stop crying your heart out. Nope. <laughs> you don't think it's like Nirvana smells like teen spirit? Wasn't That's that a little 94? late for that. That was, that was, yeah, the moment had passed. Well, there's no like, he can listen to anything from any, <laughs> like, Anything before 1997 is on Do the table. It doesn't need to be from 1997. <laughs> it's true. It took Harry two years to get a PlayStation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I yeah. I I guess I, I guess I was try just trying to lean into more British artists. But yeah, sure. We'll go with Nirvana. It doesn't need to be Nirvana. <laughs> uh, who else was was that? Is that like Britpop or is that a different genre? Is that a different era? This would have been like kind of early early days of Britpop, I think. Spice Girls. Were there they popular then? I think so. I don't think that William overheard no. a conversation <laughs> between Charles and Elizabeth about how to handle the mother's funeral and then stormed off and started blasting wannabe. <laughs> Please, that would have been the funniest thing. Um, okay, so one scene that really struck me as well in this episode was when they're all just kind of like hanging out in the living room as a family at Balmoral, but not really saying anything. And Elizabeth confesses that she's taken away all the TVs so that the boys won't see anything. And I mean, how long is it going to take Liz to learn that like there's multiple ways for people to receive information? Like you can't just hide information from people. Wait, and in, in 1997 in the Scottish Highlands, in the royal residence like absolutely they could have sequestered them yeah that could have worked but why didn't they give him his playstation like you could distract <laughs> him with something that doesn't have any news attached to it if they're not going to talk come on come but on. but this has come to on. be why he ran away right like you just like we don't know he ran away do, do, do you think he just ran out to buy a copy of the guardian it could be like i feel like and also those all those newspapers are delivered to the royal residence anyways like there's newspapers there's radios i don't know it just feels to me like liz has tried this playbook before and it's really not worked this this is why just like we could come up with 10 billion situations of like what william was doing and the fact that we don't know is so frustrating to me do you two remember what you were doing oh no you two would have been way too young for this right um i think i was like I, two so yeah, i don't i don't remember diana's death no yeah wish i did but i don't yeah, I, I, I do not. How is it possible that William just disappears for 14? Like, is no one watching the door? <laughs> There's a lot of doors. Well, yeah, I mean, especially in a moment like this, you would think security would be pretty tight, right? Like, there, there would mm -hmm. presumably be some paparazzi around, like, the perimeter of the estate, like, yeah. wanting to catch a glimpse of the royals. Oh, not that's only that, so like, grim. The future king has just walked off <laughs> like your entire like line of succession in the moment after like his mom has passed away is just like allowed to leave and no one notices that's crazy to me um another interesting scene was charles trying to have a little bit of a deep moment with his sister about the way that they were brought up and Anne just not engaging <laughs> charles is like isn't it sad that like mom wasn't really a good mom and Anne's like shut up 
<laughs> That's not helpful. Well, again, this this Anne terrifies me. I feel like if you try to engage with her in any way, she she would like unleash her wrath upon you. Anne is just showing the generational trauma continues. Sorry to her children. Oh my god. Yeah. I thought uh, that was kind of funny. That's not helpful. Uh, what what else is there to even talk about here? Oh, so we get um Queen Elizabeth ultimately makes the executive decision after talking to Ghost Diana to return to London uh, from Scotland. On the way there, she's writing the statement. Uh, I forget if we knew that she wrote this statement herself, but it definitely seems like this is a statement that she has written. Did she write it or just touch it up? Oh, that could be it too. But uh, I don't think we got the full statement in The Queen. Like, they really, they ran with the full statement here in uh, this last you know, the last five minutes of this episode. I had a thought while watching this episode. This, You know, the whole kind of central conflict of uh, Elizabeth and how she was going to engage with the, the passing of Diana. If Tommy Lassels were still around, how do you think he would have advised her? Oh, I feel like he would be very anti-Diana. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I... I don't think anti-Diana, but also like protective of the image of the royal family. Mm, very begrudging, uh, you know. I think he would have had her make a statement. I don't know if he would have made her go to the funeral because they didn't even release like a statement, right? That was like the it took them like ten days or something just to say anything. I mean, they were all so. I feel like they were all in such like a a state of like I don't know what to do because of the fact that Charles and Diana were divorced. Like it was, mm -hmm. it's not something that there's a precedent for. And every, I feel like Tommy Lassell's whole thing is like, well, what did we do last time? But in a situation where there is no, what do we do last time? Like, is Tommy Lassell's the kind of guy who can come up with a new plan? Mm. Mm. Good question. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. <laughs> I think he would break. <laughs> All right. Uh, what about a Dean? Ooh. A Dean felt a little bit more modern. Yeah. Than Tommy Lassels, I feel. Martin Charteris? You remember all these people way too well. I don't even know who's like the current guy. Uh, oh, Jan uh, what is, uh, sorry, what was that? Well, the guy who was there with them today, was his name is Janvrin. Janvrin, but yeah, otherwise there's, uh, oh yeah, there is the guy. He's, he's, he's very, a uh, fellows, right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say fellows. I wanted to talk a little bit about the, the funeral scene, which Carlin, you mentioned earlier, where... Of all people to give advice, who better to give advice than 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 Philip? Uh, Philip is walking with William, and he tells William to you know not interact with the crowd, either look ahead or look at the ground. And then William is like, "Why are they crying? They didn't even know her." And then Prince Philip says, "Bro, they're crying for you." I did think that was a powerful line, but it also doesn't make sense. It do <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I I also don't think it's true. No, like, I. Don't. I I, 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 I mean, obviously, you know, Philip had his reasons to say it, to, you know, con console his, uh, it's still grandson, right? Grandson, yes. Yeah. Grandson. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I keep losing track of the generations now. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would imagine based on what we've seen, uh, you know, from the public and their sentiment toward Diana is they probably had a, a very kind of self-involved claim over her and kind of felt they had a connection to her that was severed with her passing and, and i do think they are mourning their own loss more than the, the loss of these young boys and then just looking at what else happened uh mohammed unveils a shrine at harrods 
to Diana and Dodie. Harry writes a letter to Diana that I don't think we ever get to see or read, but that's included, uh, you know, on the casket as part of the procession, which was kind of sad. That may be mm-hmm. that may be really sad. Yeah. And I mean, that's really it. There's not a ton of like there's not a ton beneath the surface here. It's really kind of all put right in your face. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else to add about uh, the aftermath? Yeah. I mean, they needed to do this episode. That, that, that's all I can say. Um, yeah. I, w- one thing that is actually kind of uh, kind of clung to me during the recording of this episode a little bit. Um, and, and again, I, I, I know we talk at length about our, our overall sentiments um, about the show. And, and it, it's hard to just kind of judge any individual episode now. We're always talking about things in like the grand scheme of things. But I noticed, Sam, that like a lot of the descriptions and a lot of the kind of start of our conversations that we have had recently begins with you saying, we pick up right where the previous episode left off. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that like, you know, back in the early seasons of The Crown, everything to a certain degree kind of felt like its own self-contained film. Like we're getting like this very like, you know, polished, like 60 minute feature that is, you know, in the form of a Netflix streaming series. That certainly doesn't feel like the case anymore. Everything feels more serialized and everything is more dependent on you having seen the previous episodes and and expecting that you'll watch the next ones for uh, resolution. And I think that's where this type of storytelling falls apart a little bit, because the beauty of the queen is that, you know, it starts with an inciting incident and it quickly introduces all the relevant players and tells a story with a beginning, middle and an end. The crown has kind of failed to do that with all of the individual episodes uh, that have centered around the storyline, especially here in season 6A. And, And that's why, again, going to sound like a broken record here, but but I am very eager to move on from this. Yeah, and I think this circles back to the pacing, right? Like, this whole four-episode arc took place over, what, eight weeks, I think we saw? Like, we got that at the beginning of the first episode of the season. Before we got the flashback, it was like eight weeks earlier. I don't know that we've ever lingered on one period of time for that long. No, I mean, I think season four took place over the course of a decade. Yeah. So... Here we are. We've reached the end of the first batch of The Crown, season six. Still six episodes to go. As far as we know, that will be it for The Crown. There will be no more Crown after that. I feel like there's a lot to cover. And granted, I don't know. I haven't really been close on where they're planning on ending, like, the show. Like, at what point in time. But, I mean, would it... It, it's, is it going to be Elizabeth's death? I forget if we have that information. No, no. I think I think they said it. The, the season six will cover up through I think either two thousand five or two thousand six. Interesting. So I mean, in that case, do we think that there's a potential season seven? Uh oh, God. I hope not. I feel like they would be going into some muddy waters yeah. if they did that. But regardless, so we're we're getting six episodes to cover the next basically decade then. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, the better part of a decade, and I'm, and I, and I, I do think we're getting a time jump, because uh, uh, you know I've I've watched some trailers, I've seen some stills, and we're getting you know kind of a much more grown up version of William uh, to look forward to. Like I'm, I'm actually like uh, you know cautiously optimistic about these upcoming episodes, and and uh, the episode that we are recording right now, if I'm looking at the calendar correctly, I think is dropping on the release day of uh, these next six episodes to come. Um, there was a trailer that uh, was recently released that I watched. Have you have you two seen it? No, I haven't. Not yet, no. All right, well, then there's no good conversation to be had about that right now. Uh, but I, I watched the trailer, and, and I got to say, like, it, it definitely gave me some early Crown vibes. Um, cool. and, 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 you know, I don't think this is a spoiler to say, but that is in, in no small part due to the fact that I think we are... Uh, indeed gonna see some familiar faces in these last six episodes okay nice familiar faces as in flashbacks ivan are you <laughs> i mean I, I i it's in the trailer sam you should have watched it but yeah i think we're uh, we're getting some old friends back they're they're getting some of the old gang back together mm, are we seeing both previous queen elizabeths uh we're seeing claire foy and uh from some very fleeting glimpses and faraway shots. It looks like we're getting uh, old Matt Smith back too. Ooh. Mm. Okay. Well, that's something to look forward to. Uh, Indeed. Gotten, like I'm, yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready to go. Like I, I, I've had my, you know, qualms with the show, you know, over this past season and a half. But you know, I, I've seen what the series can be when it's at its best, and. And, and, you know, they've had to tackle some really difficult subject matter, you know, around Diana. And, and they had to tell a very detailed story. And, and they couldn't just do what the what Spencer or the Queen did and, and select, you know, a very specific, like, window of time to cover. And, and, and again, tell a story with a beginning, middle, and end. You, you don't do that here. Like, here in The Crown, they're showing us everything. And, and, but while at the same time having to be selective about what they're going to depict and what not to. And, and it, yeah. It's 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 a it's a Herculean task to get it right, and I think they've missed the mark. But I am willing to kind of you know forgive them and, and hope that you know with some with, with a shift to uh, you know shifting the focus to some other characters and some other motifs that these last six episodes can kind of reignite some of the old uh, glory. Yeah, and now I have to watch the trailer. I know. <laughs> I feel like I have to watch the trailer too. Um, okay, but with that, we'll be you know as Ivan said, returning after. The next batch of Crown episodes are released. We'll still be releasing one episode per week. I can only speak for myself. I'll I'll try not to watch ahead uh, to the best of my ability, which hasn't been a problem so far uh, in this season. But yeah, looking forward to seeing how they execute on the back half of 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 this uh, this season and end of the show overall. Again, nothing kinky in this episode, so we're just gonna skip over that. <laughs> Uh, it really was not the place for that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, we're getting some William and Kate, right, in the back half. Maybe there'll be some kinky things to I, talk about. I have a kinky Maybe. crown nomination. Oh, oh no. no, what? <laughs> uh, well, I, I got to say, because I think this is out of the ordinary, but Philip and Elizabeth are sleeping in the same bed. Oh, yeah. Okay. That wins. Do I win? <laughs> sure. You win. Yeah, you win. All right, Ivan, if people want to catch up with you on anything related to The Crown, if they uh, have their own thoughts on the trailer that they want to connect with you on, where can they do that? Uh, in, in the comments section of the trailer on YouTube. 
Oh, nice. Uh, Carlin, what about you? Um, Twitter, Carlin Greenwald. Instagram at Carlin underscore G. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung, but the best place to reach us if you have any thoughts or questions or comments about the crown is going to be on Twitter at crown around pod. And that's all we got for you today. Thank you all for listening and we will see you next time. And God save the queen. God, God save, save the queen. The queen.